0: Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. If you go on to read Romans 6.23... It does start off saying that the wages of sin is death, but then the good news comes, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus has brought about an access for us to be able to have our sin debt forgiven, just like these two men received this gift at that point. And I want to bring to you this first truth point this morning. Truth point number one, if both of these men or women, whoever they were, both of these people, if they owed a debt and neither could pay, does it matter what the size of the debt is? Does it matter? If they couldn't pay, does it matter if it was 50 or 500? You say, Pastor Mike, that's kind of of a dumb truth point. What in the world are you, why are you emphasizing does it matter? I'm emphasizing that because for most of us sitting in this room, it does matter. Somehow in our convoluted way of thinking, we think that if you owe only 50 of a moral debt versus 500, this guy's a lot better off. I'm emphasizing it because we tend to think that there are degrees of sinfulness. Now, I will acknowledge there are degrees of consequences, but the sinfulness is all the same and to prove that we believe in these degrees of sinfulness, let me just remind us, most of us who have said this, all of us have heard it, when somebody tells a lie and they get confronted with it, sometimes what do they say? Well, it's just a little white lie. Really? There's white ones? Are there blue ones? Orange ones? Purple ones? We know there are black ones, right? In human terms, we tend to think that the salvation of a drug addict, or a prostitute, or a murderer takes a greater miracle of grace than the salvation of an adorable child. We tend to think that to save a drug addict, a prostitute, or a murderer takes a bigger miracle of grace than saving the -the run-of-the-mill teenager. Or saving the person who truly loves their spouse, pays their taxes, and really works hard to do good for others. We tend to think that those other people need a truckload of grace, whereas these others, they just need a thimble full. And that is the way that Simon the Pharisee and his friends saw things. Maybe it's the way you see things. But let me tell you how God sees things. God sees it this way. That it took the punishment and death of his perfect son to save anyone. You understand that? It took the death, the punishment and the death of his own son to to save anyone. Because here's the bottom line. The ground is level at the cross. Hey, when I step up to the cross... A pastor, right? I mean, a good guy paid my taxes. I served my country for 13 years. I've been married to the same woman for 39. I've raised three boys who are out of the home now. They're working. They're doing great. They're making more money than I make. Listen, I've, I've had a good life. I've done a good thing. But when I step up to the cross and somebody else who is, you know, one of those types, hey, you know what? We're on the same ground. We're on the same ground. Because there is no difference at the cross. There are no big sinners and small sinners. There's just sinners. And if any sinner receives the forgiveness of their sin debt, listen carefully, do so because of God's good gift through Jesus Christ. And that leads me to truth point number two. And as it relates to this, this this account that we're seeing in Luke 7, I want you to understand there was no qualitative difference between the religionist and the prostitute. No qualitative difference. In other words, this woman whom everybody in the community knows uh, goes and sleeps with men for money was no different than the religious elitist over here, the Pharisee. There was no qualitative difference. However, there was an experiential difference. Because of faith, the prostitute's sins were forgiven. And Jesus calls calls us to the attention that the evidence of that forgiveness is demonstrated in the lavish love pouring forth from her soul. It wasn't the lavish love that forgave her sins. The lavish love was the evidence that something had happened inside of her. She knew full well the unpayable debt she had and now she knew the joy of freedom from being released from it. Simon the Pharisee, on the other hand, didn't even realize that he had a debt before God. So, the sinner here, who joyously receives much forgiveness, is free to love much. Whereas the religionist who didn't even see the need for forgiveness, loved little. Because at the bottom, the end of the day, he was forgiven little to nothing. So as we come to the end of chapter 7, we come to these last two verses, verses 40, well, three verses, 48, 49, 50. I want to quickly give you three truths pertaining to divine forgiveness, and then we're going to wrap it up and call it a day. Three things about divine forgiveness. Number one, only God through Christ can do it. Only God uh, through Christ. Can I tell you something? I wish I had more time uh, to give you a theological lesson. God doesn't forgive sins in and of himself. Hmm? He forgives sins through Jesus. And the only one who can do that is God through Jesus. Now, here's the interesting thing. Jesus is God wrapped in human flesh. All right? So, he's on a divine mission to pay sin's full price. Only he could declare this woman to be right before God. He's the only one who had the right to do that. And he does it, and he still is the one we look to today. The second thing I want you to see is that God's grace amazes those who witness it. You know, when we encounter someone who, who looks to their their, their their past sinfulness, but they look back not with regret, but with confidence in Christ's work on their behalf, it truly is amazing. And when you see this woman who had lived a life that everybody looked down upon, and now she's got the confidence to come actually and touch Jesus and to anoint his feet with oil, wow, that's amazing. Because no, who else would do that? But she had confidence Because something had happened in her heart. She didn't need to hide under the bushes anymore. She could come out and express her love for Jesus very publicly. Listen to this. Only God's grace can put our past in its proper perspective and give us future hope of glory. I want to say this to someone in this room who needs to hear this today there's somebody there may be a couple of you there may be a whole host of you and in your past now you and you may be christians all right in your past there's a lot of deeds filthy deeds deeds that if i were to stand up here and begin to talk about them you would literally crawl underneath the carpet and try to get out of here for embarrassment there's there's people like that i'm one of those but here's the cool thing is that when the grace of God comes flooding into your life and the blood of Jesus covers you, all that stuff is washed away. Now, Satan will come along and he'll try to resurrect from the dead that old stuff and he'll try to get you to feel bad and he'll try to defeat you because of it. But you know what? Don't listen to him. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. So just throw that back at him and he usually leaves you alone. Number three, divine forgiveness gives a sinner peace with God. And there is no more precious gift in this world than to have peace in your soul. That the debt that was held against you by God has been paid and you are free to be loved by him as a dearly cared for son or daughter. So let me wrap this up. I want to ask you this, which one of these two characters in this account, which one of these two represents you best? And I feel pretty safe to say that I think I, everybody's included in that question. Which one, which one of the two represent you best? Are, are, you the, are you a sinner who knows you need forgiveness and you've received it by God's grace and now you stand free and you stand righteously in his presence? Or are you the religionist who thinks that their life is pretty good and you know it's pretty good because you've been making some improvements and now you believe that with those improvements in hand, surely God is pleased. Well, let me say that if you are represented by the sinner redeemed, then you know the joy of a right relationship with God. You know what it feels like to be free. You know what it feels like to be forgiven. You know what it feels like to stand in the presence of God and have nothing but joy and no shame. You know what that feels like. I know you do. But here's my question. Are you telling anybody else about it so that they can have that same release? Are you? Are you telling anybody? It's great, isn't it, to have it. But one of the reasons God gives it to us is for us to share it. Who are you sharing it with? If you are represented by the religionist, then let me assure you that no matter how much improvement you've made in your life, your works will never win for you a right relationship with God. You can't attend enough church. You can't read enough Bible. You can't serve enough. You can't give enough. There is nothing you can do on your own to merit God's favor. It only comes through a personal faith-based relationship with Jesus Christ who went to the cross, took your sin upon him, died and paid the debt, and then rose again to offer new life, only through him can you have that right standing with God. So this morning, I ask this. If you are that religionist, I think today's a good day To walk away from your self-improvement. I think today is a perfect day to turn your back on self-righteousness because any righteousness that is of self is of no value, is it? Today's the perfect day to acknowledge just flat out, I am a sinner. And I'm under the condemnation of God. But thanks be to God, praise unto God that his son has paid my debt. And when you come to him confessing that and repenting and trusting in Jesus, then that freedom just comes flooding in. And today is a beautiful day to get that gift. Wouldn't you say? I think it would be. And so I just want to say this, that when this service is concluded in just a moment, I'm going to be right here at the front. One of our elders will be at the front. If you have questions, if you want to talk, we're here. We'd love to minister to you in any way possible. So come, let's talk. Let's look at the gospel. Let's consider what Jesus might want to be doing in your life and in your heart. But Maybe your need isn't salvation today. Maybe it's something else. Fine, we're still here. We want to help. We want to pray. We want to encourage you in your walk. With him. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissionbsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.